0: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. <music> Samantha, have you ever wanted to
1: dye your hair? Yeah. Well, I didn't necessarily want to dye my hair. I wanted my hair to be different colors, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, I wished it was a different color, but I've never tried or wanted to dye it just because I know of the pain it is. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: And because I was so scared of my Asian heritage, as in like I didn't want to be Asian, that mm-hmm. dyeing your hair was so Asian American thing to do in my head that I didn't want yeah. to be that stereotype, which is also a very big reflection of my own self-hate in my ethnicity. So, yeah, weird answer to that question.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it can be very complicated. I... Also wished my hair was a different color for a long time. I felt like my hair was very boring and bland. And I wanted, I think I, I ran the gamut of like, one time I really wanted blonde hair and I got blonde highlights. One time I, I did dye my hair black and it was a disaster. And then one time I got red highlights. Mm-hmm. So I've never professionally got my hair like completely dyed, but I have done highlights and I've definitely done like cheap kind of temporary, you know, bright blue or bright pink or white. Uh, When I dressed as rogue one time, that was also a disaster. (laughs) But I wanted to bring that up because today we are talking about red-headed women. And this is actually a listener suggestion that we got from Wendy. So thanks, Wendy. And we wanted to read uh, their message I've been reflecting on the fetishizing of redheads and how it's impacted me as a woman my whole life. I've had men tell me from as young as six that my hair color would get me in trouble and to watch out for boys. Women would automatically either be threatened by the, quote, sexuality of my hair and treat me with contempt around their significant other. Men would ask, does the carpet match the drapes with a smirk or make comments about redheads having bad tempers, redheads are super freaking the bedroom, always being treated as a prize to be won or something to be checked off a bucket list. I can't tell you the amount of times strangers have touched my hair in public or go out of their way to say something about it, even going as far as following me around the grocery store. I resented my hair for all these reasons and have dyed it in the past and was met with a lot of pushback from other people as if it was their hair I dyed, not my own." Why would you do that to your beautiful hair? It should be natural. I've suffered from sexual abuse way too many times, and now I wonder if that wouldn't have happened if I had a different hair color. At the end of the day, I wish I had regular hair so I can have some peace from constantly being reminded that I'm the center of someone else's fantasy. And yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, and researching this episode, a lot of people, in this case women, who have red hair reported very similar experiences. And One of my best friends, Katie, who has been on this show, she has red hair, um, very, very red, very curly red hair. And we've been friends since since we were about like eight or nine. We've known each other longer than that, but um, we didn't like each other at first. (laughs) I did want to be redheaded, mostly because of comic books, because there are a lot of like beautiful, powerful redheads in comic books. And I did get the red highlights. I don't know that I pulled them off. And the person who gave them to me, she made me walk outside and like see what it looked like in the sunlight. To this day, I don't know if that sound was a good sound or bad sound that she made. But doing it, I did feel very weird. Like I felt like a faker in a way I didn't when I got blonde highlights. And I wonder if it's because it's sort of more acceptable or common to get blonde highlights. There's still judgment that goes in there for sure. But like red hair is much rarer. I don't know. It was just bizarre. I was kind of embarrassed by it, even then, that I was getting these red highlights. And we talked about the power of red as a color in a past episode. And I do think in entertainment, it is either meant to imply fiery, sexy, or awkward, and not much in between, especially for women. Although, yeah, we're going to be talking about redheaded men and the stereotypes around that. Making someone redheaded in media feels like a choice to me. It feels like you're trying to communicate something. Are you like going back to the Matrix? You know the the woman in red. It's not red hair, but it was trying to communicate like sexiness and it's eye catching and all of that stuff. We've also done episodes on the power symbolism and sexualization of hair on women. Something churches often required to be covered or tied back, associated with sex and fertility. And also, yeah, just to be clear, there are stereotypes associated. With all hair colors and past hosts, Kristen and Caroline did an episode looking into that. But today, we are talking about redheads. There you go. hmm So, only about 2% of the world's population have red hair, about 140 million people. Although some surveys suggest that number might actually be a lot lower. The highest percentage of redheads are in Scotland, where they account for about 13% of the population. Red hair is the result of a genetic mutation. Both parents have to be carrying a mutated MC1R gene, a mutation that dates back to Asia between 3,000 to 4,000 years ago. Or, at least that has been the belief, more recent research indicates up to eight genes could be involved in this. Right. And while redheads exist worldwide,
1: it is more common in northern latitudes because it is an adaptation to absorb more vitamin D with less sunlight. So yes, redheads are typically fair-skinned folks that do burn more easily in sunlight and are more prone to skin cancer because of that. So that makes a lot of sense, but
0: not always. No, not always. Um, You can find red hair pretty much anywhere. And also there's a lot of conflicting studies about pain tolerance in redheads and also tolerance to heat and cold. That's not really what we're talking about today, but the research does exist if you're curious and you want to look into it. Okay, so stereotypes. There are all kinds of tropes and stereotypes around red hair. That it means you're fiery or you have a short temper, that you've got the devil in you, that you're better in bed, that you're temperamental and or crazy. In a lot of articles about what it's like having red hair, people wrote about similar things to what Wendy was talking about, Um, asking if that's your natural hair color, telling you to never dye it, asking if the carpet matches the drapes, saying fire crotch, Um, redheaded stepchild, joking that you have no soul, asking if it's true what they say about redheads, asking where you're from, assuming you're Irish. Some of these stereotypes have a long history behind them, especially when it comes to ideas around sexuality and witchcraft. In ancient Egypt, redheads may have been believed to be witches or evil. The ancient Greeks depicted two groups that caused them trouble, the Scythians and Thracians, as violent, brutish, and redheaded. The Celts fought hard against the ancient Roman Empire's expansion north, and the ancient Romans depicted them as redheads in their art and documents. The Bible's Judas was often portrayed as a redhead as a way to other him from the other dark haired apostles, and perhaps as an anti Semitic touch, especially later. And this solidified a connection between redheads and villains for a lot of folks, especially this Judas thing, especially that. Michelangelo's work at the Sistine Chapel depicts sinful Eve as a redhead. Mary Magdalene was often depicted as a redhead too, and some think that's because of her sexual experience. One of the oldest surviving Norse documents describes Thor as a redhead, quick to anger as compared to his father Odin, who's calm and wise and blonde. As a part of these stereotypes, some historical figures were depicted having red hair, when they actually didn't to kind of say like, oh, they were fierce or angry or something like that.
1: Yeah, and uh, obviously these stereotypes have had painful, deadly consequences. When the European witch hunts reached their peak during the 16th and 17th centuries, many women were killed for suspected witchcraft just for being redheaded. Uh, Now on top of that, like we discussed in our Power of Red episode, red is often used to denote danger or as a
0: warning. So blood, fire, stop signs, all of that. yes. And a lot of redheads, when I was researching this, brought up a 2005 South Park episode called Ginger Kids, which I have seen this. In this episode, Cartman gives a class presentation on gingers, which he describes as pale skin, redheaded people, people he believes are affected with gingervitis. On top of that, he thinks gingers are disgusting, unable to walk in sunlight, and aren't human and have no souls. Cartman's friend, Kyle, attempts to prove him wrong. Um, Kyle's a redhead, even though I don't really see his hair, um, and gives a counterpresentation, pointing out that red hair is genetic and goes to visit a family with redheaded children born from parents who carried the recessive gene but weren't redheaded themselves. To Kyle's shock, the parents share Cartman's views and the dad tells them that marrying an Asian woman is the one way to make sure the gene doesn't get passed down. Cartman doubles down using the Bible and this whole Judas thing to back up his claims and causing the school at large to turn on redheads. Deciding they need to teach him a lesson, Kyle and Stan dye Cartman's hair red without his knowledge, lighten his skin, and add freckle tattoos, causing Cartman to believe he has a case of gingeritis. A trip to the doctor ends with the doctor suggesting to Cartman's mother that he be, quote, put down. When the mocking of his hair and skin pushes him too far, he creates the ginger separatist movement and calls on other redheads to join him to fight persecution and to become the master race." <laughs> Cartman persuades the other ginger kids that they need to kill all non-gingers, so they capture the town's non-ginger people and prepare to sacrifice them, starting with Kyle, who is what Cartman calls a daywalker or a half-redhead. Kyle reveals to Cartman that Cartman is in fact not a ginger, that it was a prank all along. Cartman, now concerned for his own safety, declares that the gingers need to live in harmony with non-gingers. As you can probably tell from the description, the
1: episode caused some controversy, even leading to the creation of National Kick a Ginger Day in 2008. And a handful of students were assaulted, and in Canada, it was investigated as
0: a hate crime. Yeah, apparently South Park creators Matt Stone and Trey Parker were partially inspired to do this episode after they saw a billboard in England with a picture of a red-headed woman that read, Only You Can Prevent Ginger. Parker also apparently broke up with a woman with red hair because he didn't want red-headed children and married an Asian woman in part to make sure that he didn't have any red-headed children. That's
1: gross all around. Okay, studies have found that red-headed children do experience low self-esteem and feelings of being the center of attention based on their hair. Yes.
0: So, um, let's talk about some fetishizing, desexualizing, and some tropes. So when I was researching this, the first Google suggestion I got was facts about redheads in bed. Some European studies have found that redheaded women have more sex than blonde or brown haired women on average on an average week. But a lot of the stuff I found online was treating having sex with a redheaded woman as a notch on your belt, like a conquest of Markov, like Wendy was describing at the top, especially a redhead with blue eyes, which is apparently the rarest combination. And yeah, this fiery redhead trope is everywhere. You've got ginger, from Gilligan's Island, <laughs> you've got Lily Potter and Janie Weasley. And then on the other side of that, you have Fred and George representing the kind of male red-headed clown stereotype, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, and yeah, so much in comics. It's got Scarlet Witch, Mary Jane Parker, Jean Grey, Natasha Romanoff, Poison Ivy, Jessica Rabbit, Joan Harris slash Holloway from Mad Men, Gemma Doyle, Rowena from Supernatural, Cersei, Willow from Buffy. So some of this is like the witch stereotype as well. Lucille Ball, Pippi Longstocking, Annie, and Green Gables, Merida from Brave. Um, there's a whole scene where her mother covers her hair but a curl breaks loose and it's symbolizing her untamable, wild, fiery, rebellious nature. And then there's this quote from the show Girls. That girl wears floor capris like her hymen's still intact but she's such a slut in such a big way. A huge way. She used to do this thing where she would literally just rip the condom off. F***ing redhead. Seriously. I know. Redhead's right. And we, yeah, we talked about that too in like, what was that movie? Was <laughs> Susan Sarandon and Cher. Witches of Eastwick? Yes. Where in a lot of material like this, there is like the blonde, the brunette, and the redhead. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking of like kind of counterexamples because I was thinking about sex in the city, Samantha. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, she doesn't really seem to fit this trope. And then... She has and, a t- temper though. She does? Mm-hmm. So I feel
1: like there's sort a of double whammy because, yeah, you have those characters that could be really fire, But then you also see it as the childhood innocence, weirdly enough, because Anne of Green Gables and Annie and Pippi Longstocking were endearing young, mischievous children mm-hmm. and curious children. But not necessarily, there was nothing sexual about them. So I think it's, and they, one did have a really fiery temper. The other two didn't. So it's kind of like, and I've seen that as those two tropes of like, you see it as young children, immature children which can be bad for men. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that, but that kind of level too.
0: Yeah, yeah. It kind of goes back to what I was saying where it feels like a choice and the choice seems to be that you are, you've got fire in you, (laughs) which I suppose makes sense with the color, but is kind of troublesome, problematic when that's all you see. But yeah, so meanwhile, for dudes, the redhead trope usually means clownish, goofy, weak, ugly, and or awkward. Right. So
1: redhead Tom Robbins wrote in a 1998 GQ essay, quote, The harsh truth is most red-haired men look like blondes who spoiled from lack of refrigeration. They look like brown-haired men who've been composted. Yet that same pigment that on a man can resemble leaf mold or junkyard rust, a woman wears like a tiara of rubies. Wow.
0: Okay. A 1978 study into stereotypes around hair color found that men preferred blondes while women preferred dark-haired men, and 83% reported disliking redheads. Here is a quote. Researchers used an interview approach to discover the cause of hostility towards redheads. Participants generally believed that redheads were known for their flaring tempers. Furthermore, other stereotypes of redheads included clown, weird, and wimpy men. Generally, people perceive individuals with brown hair as normal. Interestingly, people perceive brunette women as more competent and intelligent than blondes and redheads. Yeah, and I'm assuming this study was very white and obviously very heteronormative. And uh, there are a lot of tones of discrimination involved when it comes to prejudices against Irish folks often associated with red hair. Um, But that is a bigger conversation than the one we are having today. I just know I read a bunch of stuff about that.
1: Right. And another study using the same photo of a woman but with different color hair found that blondes were consistently judged as having less intelligence, and redheads consistently described as temperamental.
0: Yes, and some have argued that the reason for this difference between the hypersexualized, fiery redheaded woman and the emasculated redheaded man has to do with our societal fears around, around both of those things, around women's sexuality and men being effeminate in any way, that it's a way of othering whiteness and projecting onto them. Depending on where you are, the term ginger may be used as an insult. Sometimes people call this gingerism. And there have been a lot lot of debates had around that. Also, that is outside the scope of this episode. But just to say, that does exist. For the most part, redheads seem to go through stages of relationships with their hair color, starting usually with feeling special and then feeling ridiculed, feeling sexualized or desexualized, and then acceptance and kind of a love of of their hair but we wanted to talk to a source um one of my very best friends katie also known as redheaded katie in some of my circles to differentiate between the katies in my life because i have known her for a very long time you have several katies in your life i do have several katies in my life but it gets very confusing and yeah i have been with uh, katie a- for a long time as in terms of like friendships and we've gone in a lot of like she's come to family reunions with me um we've traveled together and so i've seen a lot of this play out uh but we wanted to talk to her so here is a quick interview with katie To see you again. Addie, it's so good to see you. It's been so long. It has been. It feels like it has been. Uh, Yes, because you were on the show a while back to talk about pandemic dating and we had a great conversation. And now we wanted to bring you back about your experience being a redhead and particularly a redheaded woman. Oh, dear. Because this was a topic that a listener requested and she had a lot of her own thoughts and not so great experiences, perhaps, that she shared with us. And I've been researching it. And uh, we thought we would ask you because you are a redheaded woman. (laughs) I am, in fact. (laughs) Yes, yes. And as I said earlier in this episode, that's often how I differentiate you because I have a lot of Katies in my life. Mm -hmm. I will call you Redheaded Katie. Mm -hmm. So if you could just... Tell us how your experience has been, especially if it's changed over the years of like how being redheaded impacted you as a child. And then as you moved into adulthood, if there's been any changes at all.
2: Well, it definitely affected me as a child. And when you told me you were doing a redheaded episode, I was trying to think about this a lot, like as a kid, I definitely felt defined by red hair as a child, Because it was the first thing people would say when they saw me. That's one of my earliest memories is people being like, oh, red hair, curly red hair, oh, you know. Mm -hmm. And I kind of learned to associate that with myself, if that makes any sense. So when I picture myself in my head, it was just like a big ball of red hair. And Mm -hmm. like that was the thing kids teased me about growing up and... That was also the thing. It was just the first thing people noticed. So it's definitely how I defined myself for a very long time. And then, you know, becoming a teenager, I think it became more sexualized of, you know, I got the question, do the the carpet match the drapes? You know, got that question a lot, which was just horrifying back then. Yeah. And now as an adult, I'd say it definitely, I still get the stereotypes, you know. Mm-hmm. People assuming things that I have a temper, or that I'm wild in bed, or mm-hmm. so yeah. I'd say that it's definitely painted my experience throughout my entire life.
0: Yeah, um, and I've known you for quite a while as we as we talked about, and I I've seen these things and these comments people have given you, and that's something else that a lot of in interviews and articles and uh, listeners have written in about is kind of like people feeling really comfortable to make comments about your hair, assumptions about your hair, or touch your hair, or like telling you not to dye it, or like asking you if you did dye it, if it's your natural hair. Absolutely. And
2: I've had hair people refuse to dye my hair I feel like, no. really?
0: yeah, we're not going to do it. <laughs>
2: just straight up refuse, which is nice because they'll be like, it's such a pretty color. We're not going to yeah. mess that up for you. And I appreciate that. But sometimes I'm just like, you know, dye my damn hair. Right.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> right, that's like, I, I can't imagine that happening in too many other cases of, you right. know, if you want to dye your hair, somebody being like, no, no. <laughs> No, not gonna Unless do it. it was like me when I wanted to dye my hair like black and they're like, you're gonna have to go through several steps straight. Oh,
2: <laughs> if it's genuine okay. advice, like that would look yeah. terrible on you. I think at one point I wanted to dye it like blue with white tips, you know.
0: The- right. <laughs> <laughs> she might have saved me there. Yes. So you did mention some of the stereotypes that you've gotten of like, you know, feeling uh, are people saying stuff like fiery. Mm -hmm. And then people assuming you're wild in bed. When I was researching this, those are two of the very first things that came up when Google was like, did you mean this? Mm -hmm. And it was things like, yeah, (laughs) why are redheads so angry? Or (laughs) why are redheads so wild in bed? Or how to sleep with a redhead, basically like conquest. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, is that something you've ever experienced? Like feeling really sexualized or getting this unwanted sexual attention oh, absolutely. Based on your hair. Absolutely. Especially as a teenager when I wasn't
2: comfortable with my sexuality yet. And I was still in that very vulnerable stage. Mm-hmm. That's when I feel like I was sexualized most, which is in retrospect, really disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. But yeah, that's when people felt, I guess, most open to just ask me, any type of question or mm-hmm. assume anything. But yeah, I mean, I get that all the time. The whole, well, do you have a temper, you know, and right. are you wild? And I'm just like, man, I'm a person. I, right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely have felt, I mean, even now being on Tinder and Bumble, it's still the thing that I get the most comments on is, oh, I love your red hair. I love your red hair. And I don't mind that. Like, I don't want to sound spoiled or like I don't like those compliments because I definitely do. It's just at some point, it's felt like my hair has become the focal point of my entire being. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Right. Like going back to that defining you thing. Right.
2: That especially, I mean, I relate to that especially as a child because that was the thing people always Mm -hmm. called out. So I kind of just, I kind of just became red hair. Like I often think about who would I be without it?
0: Right. I think I would be completely different. I really do. Yeah, that's interesting. Because especially like you were talking about, and I think a lot of people, when I was researching this, talked about something similar when they were a child, especially of getting like teased by kids, mm-hmm. but being like told by adults, like, oh, it's so beautiful. no not ever change it. Oh yeah, it.
2: absolutely. Kids are mean. Kids are mean. Mm -hmm. They called called me big, fat, freckle face in first grade. Oh, that's terrible. I remember one of my quote-unquote friends got the whole class to chant it at me, and I started crying.
0: That's awful. (laughs) 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 I wish I had been there, even though I don't think we were friends yet. We (laughs) weren't. You probably (laughs) were still
2: enemies. (laughs) But, I mean, kids can be cruel, so. Yeah, and then now... Now I think I feel it more as a conquest. I also definitely feel like this weird expectation of, I have to live up to this idea that I'm wild in bed. And it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm not a cold fish, but what if, <laughs> what if I don't meet those expectations? Like, yeah, I'm going up against this super version of myself.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And especially if, if, I don't I don't have like any numbers or anything to back this up, but of people saying, you know, I feel fetishized, or it does become like it's just a conquest where dudes just want to mark this off their mm-hmm. belt of like, okay, I've had sex with the wild redhead. Mm-hmm. And that's not that is a lot of pressure. That's not a great way to feel. <laughs> it's really not great. I have kind of a random question for you. Yeah. Uh have you have you seen or ever encountered the whole South Park episode oh, about yeah. gingivitis.
2: Yeah, it's been a long time, but yeah, I remember that one.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people wrote in about how that impacted them as a kid, like people shouting, you know, you have no soul or... Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, and I still get that. I still get that really? as like a pickup line of, are you going to take my soul or... Oh, no. so, I know, and I'm I'm just like, oh man, come on, give me something better to work with. <laughs> but yeah, that definitely, and I think as a kid, it was probably worse because I wasn't allowed to watch South Park.
0: Oh yeah, so mm-hmm. I didn't
2: even I didn't know what it was referencing or anything. It was just suddenly people were saying that to me, right? And you know, like each freckle on my body is a soul that I've stolen, and right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that's, that's another thing I was thinking about is I feel like in our media, there's a dichotomy of the sexy, fiery redhead, who's usually a woman or a, a lady. Oh, it's never and a then, dude. Yeah, the very awkward clown, who is the dude who's like desexualized, on so the yes. opposite end. Yes. And then... It's odd how common it is. Because I feel like when you, in our entertainment at least, when you make someone redheaded, it is a choice. Like you are communicating, oh, she is fiery. Or with the dude, oh, he's funny and has trouble, like awkward, Uh, getting (laughs) getting a girl. I'm
2: going to add one more layer to that and say there are a lot of redheaded villains too. That's true. A lot of Mm -hmm. redheaded stepchildren. I mean, oh, yeah. I think of Disney movies, the bad character is always the redhead. Yeah. The evil character, the annoying, like, mean bully character. Think about it. There's a lot.
0: <laughs> there is. Uh, I was also thinking about how uh, there's a lot of, um, if you just think about comics, there's a lot of, like, redhead uh <laughs> comic superheroes for like the small percentage of redheads that there are in the population. They're very represented. <laughs> <in our comic. laughs> yeah. And they have great
2: bodies as well. What is that about?
0: Of course. Of course they do. Um, but did that, when when you're growing up, and it, like even now when you see somebody who has red hair, like man or woman, do you have kind of like... Any knee-jerk reactions or thoughts? Oh, or, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. well, this is my personal joke, but whenever I see another redhead, I, I say to myself, I got to fight, mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta fight him. I got to fight him. I got to fight that, especially if it's a lady. I got to fight her. No, I, I don't really. But yeah, it, it is kind of a knee-jerk reaction of just, oh, it's terrible, but my immediate inclination is to be like, ugh ew another redhead (laughs) and that's terrible I don't really know why um (laughs) I guess because you know you get so used to being singled out for it that you see another one and it's like a weird competition almost Ginger boys, and I'm allowed to say gender because I am a redhead, uh, because my brother is a redhead, I think, and I grew up with him. And because we had a very contentious relationship, I tend to not be attracted to redheaded men.
0: Mm-hmm. And that
2: I made a vow with myself a long time ago that I would never marry or procreate with a redheaded man, which knock mm-hmm. on wood, everything I've said I wasn't going to do, I've done. So it could very well happen. But I definitely feel like a knee-jerk.
1: I just,
0: no. Just there's nothing there when I see a red-headed guy. Right. And that is something else I kind of wanted to, to wrap up this whole conversation with because you also have curly hair. Yes. And I have, you know, it's not... <laughs> it's not unnormal. normal is not a word, is it, but I'm using it um, to <laughs> want to like change your hair or or do different things with your hair. I think a lot of us go through that stage where I wanted curly hair at one point. I wanted red hair at one point. I wanted to dye my hair all kinds of colors. Um, and I've seen that in you as well. and a lot of people i've I've researched about, which sounds so weird, because you're my friend, and I keep talking about all this research I've done, but um <laughs> have said like they kind of went through stages of you know, being the kid who had this sort of being defined by it and then getting older and if you're a woman Mm -hmm. being sexualized by it. And then because of that, like, wanting to change your hair for some reason or feeling some kind of resentment around it and then coming around to, you know, accepting it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've had a similar journey. I just know that, like, recently you've gone with curly hair Mm -hmm. and... I'm just curious if any of that resonates with you, if you've had a similar kind of experience.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for a long time, especially, I'd probably say high school, I really hated my hair. And I hated its curliness. I hated its frizziness. But I didn't know how to style it. And my mom didn't know how to style it. So I just always put it up in this really awkward ponytail with my really awkward glasses. Like, it was a whole nerdy <laughs> mood going on. None
0: of us were winning in high school. <laughs> <laughs> of the two of us, I, I
2: will say. <laughs> Quite the parent <laughs> But yeah, I definitely, I straightened my hair all the time. I straightened it every day if I could. I hated the curl and it took a long, I mean, it was only recently. It was only really, quarantine is when I made the decision, okay, I am not going to straighten my hair mm-hmm. anymore. Because, you know, then it was... The ugly phase was easier to hide because we were all inside, (laughs) but it it definitely went through an adjustment ugly phase for sure. But yeah, I definitely had to have like a reckoning with my hair and just come to terms with it being curly and red and embrace it a little bit. And I think I have. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's only taken 32 years. Uh, you know, <laughs> to like my hair. <laughs> but it kind of sucks, you know, because still I feel so defined by my hair. Right. That if it doesn't look good, mm-hmm. and I mean, this is everyone. I'm not the only one who's like, if my hair doesn't look good, I don't look good, right. you know? But there's definitely a lot, a lot of confidence and vanity mm-hmm. and self worth tied into my hair. Yeah. Maybe more so than others. I can't say that for sure, but maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me because if it, if, if it is your defining trait in a lot of ways of when people see you, that's what they comment on, then it does feel like a really, a big attention getter. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's just, is it a bad thing? Is that a bad thing to have your hair be your defining quality? Like, I feel like if you really go deep down into it,
0: yes. hmm I would say so, too. I mean, a lot of people were saying that, like, and kind of what you said earlier, you know, I'm just a person. We have these stereotypes about all kinds of hair colors, like, whether it's the dumb blonde stereotype or for Mm -hmm. brunettes, it's usually, like, prudes but competent. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, varying levels of harmfulness of these stereotypes. But at the end of the day, there's still stereotypes. And, like, we are people and hair color doesn't really... (laughs)
2: Right. Right. I don't think redheads are actually angrier (laughs) and I don't think they're actually more wild than bad.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, we need to sell Google that. We need to hit Google on the case. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) And and let me tell you how to sleep with a redhead. I can tell you. Have a good sense of humor. Make some jokes. You know, don't do any of the crappy pickup lines. And whatever you do, don't ask about the carpet. Mm and. If you're going to say anything just just say you like the hair. Don't make it a big thing.
0: I think that's excellent advice and I think <laughs> I think you could probably put that advice to everyone. Like I can't it, it's wild to me that people feel comfortable asking about that. Like why would you ask about someone's pubic hair? I don't know.
2: I know, especially in high school when I was like you know, horrified by body mm-hmm. hair and didn't know what to do with it. And then some guy coming up to me and asking me that, I was just like, like, what do I say? Yeah. Here? <laughs> it's,
0: it's exactly. Like, oh, my god! It's a real conversation killer.
2: And now, <laughs> now I'm just like, I just look at him like, really? How old are mm-hmm. you? <laughs> how old are you? And what am I doing here? <laughs> and how do I get out of this?
0: <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, sir. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just a lot to unpack. Unpack with that because I can see how that would turn into, for me, a kind of a negative association and feeling this is getting me attention I don't want. Oh, yeah. And having that turn inwards. Oh,
2: yeah. And I, I did go through that stage too, mm-hmm. for sure. Internalized it and tried to make myself smaller or, you know, more mousy to not get that kind of attention. Yeah.
0: Kind of did a combat. Which
2: that was... That was the only attention back then I was getting because I was so awkward and nerdy that the only like sexualized attention I was getting was people asking about the carpet and the drapes. Yeah. Always that terminology as well, always. So it was just very, I don't know. It made me feel very torn and I probably had to work through some weird issues.
0: (laughs) because of that for sure for sure well (laughs) i was gonna ask do you have a favorite uh like fictional character that has red hair oh um
2: of course i'm blanking on every fictional character ever (laughs) now i'm sure i do i there's Name some redheaded characters for me. All I can think of is Blossom from the Powerpuff Girls, and she was not my favorite Powerpuff Girl. <laughs> Who was your favorite Powerpuff Girl? I really liked Bubbles.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just wanted to know you that. Know, Buttercup
2: was okay. Like, I like that she was tough, but I, I guess I liked Bubbles. <laughs> I mean, Blossom was just so, she was kind of bossy.
0: Yeah. Well, that's an interesting yeah. thing, too, is I feel like in a lot of media we consume, There's always like the blonde, the brunette, the redhead, sometimes the person with black hair. And they do have kind of these stereotypes Mm -hmm. that we associate Mm -hmm. with them, which I I find very funny. But Bubbles is kind of a great example of like the ditzy blonde. But I I mean, I love Bubbles. But that's just uh, another example of that. Oh, it even works more into the stereotype,
2: doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And Buttercup's really tough with her black hair.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 And there are mm-hmm. there are examples of um redheads being kind of the bossy of that like hair dynamic. Cause I was thinking of some that don't necessarily fit the trope, but they almost always have like a temperament, like a they're temperamental yes. or fiery or Something, something yes, like that. Defined by that quality, for sure. Yes, 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 yes.
2: I really can't think of any other redheads. This is driving me crazy. You liked,
0: uh, well, I could, I can list a few, but you liked the of Green Gables growing up, didn't you?
2: Anna Green Gables. Uh, I, my mom read that to me growing up, so it's like a kind of a nostalgia thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I was never like, I never really related to her or felt a kinship with Anne. Hmm. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. She was very dreamy. She like <laughs> she was such a dreamer. I don't know.
0: Yes, how dare she? <laughs> I was have a practical dreams.
2: child. How dare you?
0: <laughs> well, there's a bunch of like comic book characters. As I said, you got your cast of characters in Harry Potter. Uh, oh yeah, Ginny. A bunch of witches. A bunch of witches have red hair. That's another trope. The red haired oh, witch. Oh yeah. Um. Well, that one
2: makes sense to me. <laughs> Seems about right.
0: Well, that's okay. I was just checking if there was one that you were like, ah, this this character.
2: Didn't Kim Possible have red hair? Yeah. I never watched Kim Possible. But <laughs> this is going off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> she was supposed to be kind of badass, so maybe her. <laughs> I like that you're maybe. Naming- oh, how about I got you? I got you. Sorsha from Willow. Oh, the movie
0: Willow. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 All right. Sorsha was awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's a and real there's gonna throwback. Maybe like two people
2: that'll get that.
0: <laughs> like you yeah, two people will get that one and then you named a character from a show you've never seen. But all right,
2: cool. I'm um, great at this. Yes. No, the thing is, is I looked up before because looking up costumes for Dragon Con, mm-hmm. I just Googled like redheaded characters. Yeah. And there, there's like a whole list. Oh, what's the one I always get? Jessica Rabbit.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I always get Jessica Rabbit. Every single guy I've ever talked to,
0: Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. When you ask for costume suggestions?
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or just talking about Halloween or anything of that sort. Yeah. Will you be Jessica Rabbit? Were you ever Jessica Rabbit?
0: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, and she's super sexualized for oh, sure. Yeah. For sure. She
2: was an awakening for a lot of people, I think. <laughs> oh, God.
0: That movie terrified me, so I
2: haven't seen it since. But oh, it's horrifying. One of the most horrifying movies. It's up there with Watership
0: Down. Never gonna watch again. (laughs) That also a huge throwback. That is a cartoon, Uh. British cartoon from the 70s, listeners, and it is terrifying. Terrifying.
2: Horrifying. You wanna have nightmares?
0: But (laughs) (laughs) yes. Well, that's pretty telling too.
2: I do have one more thing I want to say Mm -hmm. that kind of painted my experience as a redhead is dad did not do me any, my dad's a redhead as well, Mm -hmm. and he did not do any favors in telling me when I was very, very young, and you know this, I've told you this, he told me that all redheads were aliens or part alien. Mm. And I believed that for an embarrassing (laughs) amount of time. Oh, no. Because he was like, redheads are weird, Katie. We're a weird bunch. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, like, it, it It definitely painted how I looked at other redheads, too.
0: Right, right. I
2: still have a little bit of ingrained in me of when I see other people being like, I know you're weird. <laughs> I know you're weird. It's in there. <laughs> alien or something. So he, he probably didn't do me any favors with that.
0: Yeah. But here we are. Here we are. Here we are on a podcast working through issues. <laughs> yep. Like we do. Free therapy, man. Free therapy. That's what I'm here for. That's what we're
2: all here for. That's why I'm your friend. <laughs> the only reason. Per- well, perfect.
0: Uh, we're That and the fame. <laughs> <laughs> we're using each other then like good friends do. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for, for dropping by. You're welcome anytime.
2: No, thank you for having me. Can't wait to see you again.
0: Yeah, me, me too, Annie. It's always good talking to you. So that brings us to the end of our interview portion of this show. Um, we would love to hear from any, any listeners who have experiences with red hair or any hair color at all, really. We always love hearing from you. <laughs> you can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer Christina. Thank you, and thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.